Hey everybody and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me as always is Billboard.com Senior Editor Katie Atkinson. Hello Katie. Oh hey Keith. Are you ready to turn back time and talk about Soldier Boy Tellum's Crank That? Sure, just don't make <laughs> me do the dance. Uh, hard to believe it's been 10 years since that song came out and... Uh, well, the song is actually the focus of our Coming Around Again segment, which is coming up shortly because the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got Coming Around Again with Billboard.com Senior Associate Editor Andrew Unterberger. Andrew will be discussing the 10th anniversary of Soldier Boy's Crank That with Sean Hyken of The Athletic. Andrew and Sean will look back on the song's unlikely success, why it was so unfairly reviled by critics and the hip-hop community at the time, and how Soldier Boy was proven by history to be ahead of his time in so many respects. So stay tuned for that in just a few moments. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, you can always tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. So um, let's dive into some chart chat about Crank That. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Well, the song spent seven weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 back in 2007 and has actually sold 5.4 million downloads in the U.S., according to Nielsen Music. That makes it the 11th biggest selling digital rap song ever. Um, And... Crank That was the first of 10 hits on the Hot 100 for Soldier Boy. He would later rack up a second and, so far, his most recent top 10 hit with Kiss Me Through the Phone back in 2009, which reached number three. I feel like there are a couple of ways in which this song was kind of ahead of its time. A viral meme dance-off Definitely challenge. that. 100% <laughs> that. Um, and then also, it's just kind of a style that now it's like Migos... Uh, future yeah. like that you know almost talk rapping it's 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 like that's what today's rap sounds like i wonder how much money soldier boy made off that track. um i hope a lot i hope tons <laughs> so let's go back to 2007 and crank that because it's time for coming around again Hello and welcome to Coming Around Again, Billboard's still relatively new podcast uh, celebrating milestone music anniversaries. And today we're going to be talking about the 10th anniversary of Crank That Soldier Boy by the titular Soldier Boy. Uh, and on the line to help us do that, we have uh, one of the internet's, let's say, preeminent Soldier Boy scholars, uh, Sean Hyken. What's up, Sean? Hey, how are you doing? I'm really honored that you had me come on this podcast. I get asked to do a lot of podcasts that are mostly about basketball. So when you DM me the other day and said, hey, uh, you want to come on and talk about Soldier Boy? I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so, so when I, when I DM'd you the, the other day, I think it was after game four of the Bulls-Celtics series, and you're, you're primarily a Bulls writer at The Athletic. Uh, yeah, and yeah. And I asked you if you wanted to come on. You said, well, uh, you know, it kind of depends on how this series goes, but if the Bulls, uh, you know, if they're eliminated pretty quickly, then I'll be able to talk, and I'm pretty sure they will be. Uh, and your prediction was uh, for better or worse, born out. Uh, so that's a it's bad news for the people of Chicago, but it's good news for us because because uh, we get to have you on. 
So, so yeah, uh, you obviously, uh, you know, I think you're, you're relatively known in in Twitter circles for your Soldier Boy super fandom. Uh, would you would you say that you're like the, the like the, the biggest Soldier Boy booster among NBA Twitter? Or is there somebody kind of giving you a run for your money there? I would hope so. I would hope nobody <laughs> else is stepping on my turf like that. But uh, no, I've been. I mean, I've been down with Soldier Boy since since the beginning. I was like a senior in high school, I think, when his when Crank uh, that first came out. You know, I, I was actually there was this girl who like moved. To, I grew up in Portland, and so there was, this, there was this girl who moved from Atlanta, like, halfway through my junior year of high school, and she was, like, really, just, so she, like, she was really into, like, a lot of that kind of stuff, and so she, she was the first person that played Soldier Boy, and I was just, like, at first I heard this, I was like, what is this, this is, this is ridiculous, but then, like, I was looking at his Wikipedia page one day, and I saw that he made his entire album, not just on Fruity Loops, but on the free demo of Fruity Loops, and so I had to respect him after that for getting so much money off sure. of making just, uh, uh, of making, making an album that did as well as it did in a song it did as well as it did off of basically a free demo software and then after that like when I started getting on Twitter and I would like retweet Soldier Boy like I started I started after sort of like doing a bit but then you know you sort of you sort of actually come to like like and appreciate kind of what Soldier Boy is and you know his, his social media presence and the impact that he's had on the music industry and stuff like that yeah and, and you, you already kind of said this but I, th- I think it, it, it's it's hard to almost remember now just how what like what a weird song this was when it first came out. You know, I, I was talking talking to my girlfriend earlier today who listened to this song for the first time, and like maybe the first time she said it was the first time she ever consciously listened to it. Although I'm sure she heard it a lot back in 2007, uh, and it, it makes it kind of a weird anniversary to celebrate because, like you know, as she was saying to me that like well, you know, at the time I remember the song sounding really weird, but now it just kind of sounds like everything else. And it's like it, it took us 10 years, but we've we sort of finally caught up to Soldier Boy. The first time I heard it, I I did not did not like the song at all. I, I, I was kind of, I don't know, my mind was blown by it, but it just, just didn't sound like anything else I'd heard. It was, it was kind of the, the same reaction the first time I heard uh, Little John and the East Side Boys get lower. It's just like, it, it was so different than everything that came before it. And it, 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 it required you to make such kind of a, a leap from what you knew and understood popular rap music to be into, into sort of like a new era. And it, 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 was, it was a major adjustment and it, it sort of needed time to kind of seep its way into your bloodstream. But once it did, it, it was... It's very powerful in a weird way. I and mean, does that kind of line up with your memory of it? Yeah, because I mean, at the time, you know, you're still like at least, at least in terms of like the kind of rap that I listen to, the kind of music that I listen to. You know, you listen to a song, you're like, oh, well, the lyrics are good. Like, what, like, is this, you know, what, what is the song saying? Like, what, what's it about? And this is just this comes out of nowhere. And it's just like this weird dance with this weird, like, minimalist steel drum beat, and you're just, it, 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 you're right. Like you said, it just sounds like nothing I ever heard before. Sure. Like. For a while, I didn't, I didn't like it, but then you know, it, it's it's just one of those things you hear it so much that like you start to like it, and then you know he comes out with other songs like "Soldier the Girl," I think is a really underrated song off of that album. Yachtrick Yah obviously is a classic, and it introduced a rap into the public consciousness. So you know, I you know, Soldier Boy slowly kind of worked his way into the public consciousness and showed that he wasn't just like a one hit wonder. Yeah, and this was sort of the, I don't know if you call it the golden age or whatever the opposite of the golden age is, but of like. The, the hip hop ringtone rap one hit wonder where you, you had rappers like, uh, you know, like, like Mims and, and Hurricane Chris and, and, and D4L's Laffy Taffy was probably like the, 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 the commercial pinnacle of this where you, you had, you know, ring, ringtone sales were through the roof early in the, the, you know, the, the, the cell phone explosion. And it, it sounded like the rappers were almost engineering their, their, their productions to sound, you know, simplistic enough and kind of catchy and, and, and basic enough that they would translate to, to ringtones. Uh, 
And Soldier Boy, you know, he, he was kind of, I don't know, he was, he was one of the last ones to kind of come out of that. And he was one of the biggest ones. But he also had, he was like, he, he was a star, like kind of right away. He, he, he seemed like a star. He had the confidence of a star, certainly. Like, you know, even just on that first song, like, he, he already sort of acted like somebody who'd been there for, for a long time, who'd been around for five or ten years, because he already expected you to basically know everything about him. I mean, you, you mentioned Arab already. He was one of kind of his, his cohorts from that period. And he just mentions, he mentions, like, you know, I'm going to pass it to Arab, and that's like a line on the song. But, like, you've never met Arab before if you're hearing the song for the first time. You have no idea who that guy is. Uh, and, like, just about every lyric on this on this song is like that. There's there's some terminology in it or there's some expression that's just totally unfamiliar, but he puts it forth like it's already part of the public vernacular. I mean, like, did you have any idea what this guy was talking about when the song first came out? Did you, did you even understand, like, what the dance was at first? No, I didn't. And uh, frankly, I still don't really fully. Like, I, I obviously <laughs> know Superman part, Daisy, but like the, sure. like the foot stuff at the beginning is complicated. I've never really fully mastered it. So, I, I, I but, uh, I mean, as, as far as like what, like his whole thing, like it, you know, you, you said you, you mentioned that line, Pass It to A Rap. There's another song on that album called Pass It to A Rap, where like, <laughs> yeah, now, he was just kind of bringing all this stuff in, like, like Bathing Apes' reference on that song. There's another song called Bathing Apes. So, it was sort of like, like, he basically made a concept album about you know, whatever it was he was doing in his life, and, and people bought into it. Yeah, it, it does seem like, a, you know, it's that song and, like, 11 spinoff versions of it, basically. But, yeah, I mean, he, he sort of was, I guess he was unprepared for this. I mean, he was only 16 years old at the time, and, you know, he got he got signed by Mr. Kalapark, and he, they, 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 you know, they rushed out a video for it, and it's clear that he doesn't have that much to say. He's not that technically skilled or proficient in any meaningful way, but what he does have is a lot of hustle. And what he does have is a lot of just general kind of enthusiasm. And that carries across for 11 tracks on his, his, you know, sort of absurdly titled soldier boy, com debut album. And yeah, as, as you mentioned earlier, I, th- I think, yeah, sort of like the, it's, it's his one sort of breakout song from the, the crank that soldier boy mold, but and it's our again. It's already him like responding to being famous, even though he wasn't famous yet. But it, it's one of the most perplexing songs that that I'd ever heard at that time. It's basically just him screaming at people who come up to him asking him for autographs and stuff. He's got an Arabs there, but we don't really know who he is yet. But but he, it's it's unintelligible almost. But it's 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 you know it gets in your head and and you kind of can't shake it. Uh, and so like when I mean, did you listen to this album when it came out? Did did you think he was gonna be more than a one hit wonder at the time? Well, I listened to the whole album just sort of as a joke after I read that he had made the whole thing on Fruity Loops. I was like, okay, I need to hear this whole album. But, like, yeah, there, there's just, like, a certain charm to it. Like sure. like you said, A-Rab, you know, the song with A-Rab, like, he's talking about, like, going around and everybody's asking for an autograph. And it's like, dude, like, when you made this album, you put this album out, nobody knew who you were. Who was asking for Soldier Boy's autograph? And, like, he had a song called Sidekick that was about calling people on the sidekick phone, which everybody had when I was in high school. I never had one. I wanted one, but, like, everybody had sidekick phone, so it was, like, relatable to people I went to high school with. Uh, he had another song called Snap and Roll that was the exact same song as Crank That, but with electric guitar instead of steel drums. Like, like it was, it was, it was really cohesive. Yeah, uh, the cohesive is one word for it, certainly. Uh, and it's true that you know, the album does sort of it follows its own internal logic. And listening to it now, it, it does. I don't know. There, there is there is something there, certainly. Uh, and not a lot of people seem to see it at the time, at least from the, uh, the critical perspective, the internet perspective. This was sort of like the last moment, I guess, in hip hop, where like, sort of the burden of proof was on the rap star. Like like today, you know, someone like Lil Uzi Vert. Like I don't know if he's as 
as unintelligible as Soldier Boy was 10 years ago, but he's certainly very difficult for kind of old school hip hop heads to wrap their head around. But there's sort of this assumption now that uh, if you're a veteran hip hop fan and you don't like the hot new rapper, then the problem's with you. Not the problem's not with the rapper. The problem's just that yeah, you're getting old or that uh, you, you have too kind of uh, calcified an idea of, of what a hip hop star is supposed to be. And it's sort of it's on you to make the mental adjustment. But back then, uh, the, the, the backlash from from like the, the hip hop purists was was pretty severe against Soldier Boy. I remember like you know, Ice T was was denouncing him, and anybody who bothered to talk about the song or the album was going to talk about it negatively. I think the one person that sort of was was sort of hip to what Soldier Boy was doing right away was, was actually Kanye, who basically said that like, hey, like this kid's doing it on his own. He's like inv- he's expanding the vernacular. He's like inventing a dance. Like this is what hip hop is. There's no rules to this. It's just like who's got it, and Soldier Boy's got it. Uh, do you do you think that Soldier Boy would have had a, like an easier time today if he if he came out with this song? I uh, probably because well, I mean it's kind of hard to have that conversation because pretty much everything on the radio right now, as far as rap goes, like sounds like Soldier Boy. Like Very I mean, true. I, I, I'm, and I'm, talk, I'm talking about like some of the, the newer guys. I'm not talking about guys that've been out for a few years, like Drake or Kendrick Lamar or whoever. Like I'm talking about like the guys like you know Young Thug and Lil Yachty and Lil Uzi Vert and you know some of these guys who are just coming out in the last couple of years, like Soldier Boy is so influential on just their whole sound. And it's, you know, it's really minimalist and, you know, it's very DIY, but you know, I certainly, I do agree with, I agree with what you just said with Kanye kind of being the one that was like, look, this guy has found a lane for himself. He's doing what he's doing. And it may not like, and I actually, I actually heard Jay-Z say something. This was, this was years ago. I think this was like when Turn My Swag On came out. He was saying, like, you know, as an old guy, like, I don't really relate to this, but it's not for me, and I get that. Like, he's not coming out here saying, oh, Soul Boy sucks, like I <laughs> did. And, yeah. I, and I honestly thought that whole Ice-T thing was pretty funny. Like, and I just, I just this morning, just in preparation for doing this, I rewatched the uh, Soldier Boy the movie, uh, which is one of the greatest documentaries of all time of for any of your listeners who haven't seen it. But uh, they did a whole section on the... Soldier Boy ICD. I really thought that the way Soldier Boy responded to it was he just came out and said, "Look, I'm 17 years old. I I made money so I can help feed my family. Like, why is this old guy hating on me?" And like, I thought that was a lot more valid than any complaint that Ice T had about like, "Oh, well, the lyrics aren't up to the standards of Rep Him or whatever." Yeah, and you know, Soldier Boy the documentary is like it's, it's interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, so I think this this movie came out like you know, five six years ago, and I think I think it was documenting. The making of the DeAndre Way, which I think was his third album. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong about any of this, but uh, it was kind of, uh, you know, he, Soulja Boy actually, uh, even though we sort of predicted him when he first came out to be a one hit wonder, he actually did have a couple other pretty sizable hits. You mentioned one of them, uh, Turn My Swag On, Kiss, Kiss Me Through the Phone, was another one that was, that was nearly as big as, as Crank That. Uh, but by the time of the third album, uh, you know, sales were starting to dip, uh, popularity, you know, sort of the internet had kind of, it kind of caught up with him, maybe passed him by, and, uh, the the general like narrative of that movie isn't very positive for Soldier Boy's career, but it does seem to be the movie that kind of cemented his cult in a way. Like because he's so positive throughout it, he he he's so single minded in, in, in his pursuit of of, of just 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 kind of getting over that. E- even though it's actually kind of like a, the story of a failed album, it, like it, it makes him seem even more like an icon than than, than he would have been otherwise. I, so, what about Soldier in that movie? Kind of spoke to you and like made made you realize this guy is is like a figure worth paying attention to. Well, well, first of all, what exactly what you said? Where you know there was actually they addressed in the movie that the DeAndre Way album sold like thirteen thousand albums. Yeah, so some terrible like number. The first week that it came out, 
And then he basically comes right back off that and says, yeah, well, I have however many million Twitter followers because that matters more. Like, <laughs> like he's able to spin just anything like that. And also, he kind of reminds me of, you know, somebody else who's been in the news lately. <laughs> so uh, you appreciate so, that. So anyway, I, I, have a, I, have a couple of, I have a couple of thoughts about uh, the soldier. Oh, please, yeah. Because I just, I had, yours? I had, obviously, I, obviously, I own it. I haven't seen it in a number of years, but I just watched it uh, this morning. Uh, like, first of all, they did an entire, they did, like, whoever was directing it and decided how much of this 90 minutes they were going to allocate to which part of his career, they allocated a full five minutes of the movie to just demonstrating how Soldier Boy's diamond Lamborghini changed for the remote control works. Like, that was, like, that was, like, a major plot point of the movie was just that change. I liked how, like, in the beginning they had, like, the subtitles were in the style of YouTube comments, which I thought was a good throwback to kind of how he got his start, uh, I thought a lot of the stuff about his falling out with Arab was interesting. I thought, like, <laughs> like he, like, like, like the, the, the scenes where he was like getting chased at his hotel by fans. It's like I, I, I have, to, I feel like those were probably scenes, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, and and you know the YouTube stuff kind of gets at like the the main kind of driving force behind Soldier Boy and, and his success and his, his enduring influence, which is sort of. Uh, I think uh, I think Megan Garvey wrote this in a in an MTV piece about him, but like that the the key with Soldier Boy was always virality above all else. So like, if it's an idea that catches on and it spreads and people are aware of it, doesn't matter whether it's a good idea or not. Doesn't matter whether it's an innovative idea. Doesn't matter whether it's a, it's a particularly hip hop idea. But if people are paying attention, if people are talking to their friends about it, if people are spreading it, retweeting it, whatever, then it's a successful idea. And and that's sort of endured for for Soldier Boy throughout his like many business practices, throughout his many albums, throughout his many guest appearances, mixtapes, all, all, all this all this stuff that's become part of the Soldier Boy Empire. And he is still like a very successful. I don't know if you want to call him a, like a magnate or a, a businessman or, or an artist or what, but whatever whatever he is, he he still finds ways to be part of the conversation. He still seems to be making money. So by by his measurements, he's certainly a success. And also, like as we've kind of talked about already, like like the world sort of caught up with him in the meantime. Like you know, people like Lil B and then the Odd Future crew, like they sort of took a lot of the lessons, and they actually got early cosigns from Soldier Boy, and they sort of took off with it. And they took they took his stuff in new directions, maybe a little bit more more artistically satisfying directions. But he was definitely onto something. I mean, what, what would you say is like the the key thing that Soldier Boy was ahead of the game on? Well, I think just the internet, really. Sure. I mean, he's. He's and then you know I I read the same Mickey Garvey piece that you were just uh, talking about. He's not really like I don't think of him as much of like as a rapper as I do like he's a, he's a, he's basically an internet content creator. Like he everything he does, like every one of his tweets, every one of his Instagram posts, every one of his Vine back when Vine was a thing. Like he had like the Vanessa Carlton Vine, which was like the pinnacle of, of like the internet in, in history or whatever. But like. Like, every single one of his things is, like, people are just going to retweet this thing, and it's not, like, connected. Usually when you think about, like, an artist, you're thinking about, like, okay, this new album that comes out, how does it relate to their last album? How does this relate to, like, their body of work overall? How does this relate to, like, you know, you know other public things they've done? Every single little, like, thing that Soldier Boy does is, like, its own thing. And, like, I, like, I don't think you... I, I think if you ask Soldier Boy to, like, name every one of his albums that he's put out or every one of his mixtapes or even every song on like his last mixtape that he put out before whatever his current one is I don't think he could do it because I think he just kind of like will put something out there and then he will never think about it again he doesn't he's not really focused on like building a whole body of work as much as just like whatever he's doing right now this is the thing that he's promoting and then when he does his next thing that other thing isn't really going to be because like he doesn't really talk about Crank That anymore he doesn't really talk about any of like the old stuff so like 
it's just kind of a different approach from what you see from you know most artists in hip hop or other kinds. Yeah, he's got something like forty mixtapes out, right? It's just some some ungodly number. He's got a lot. I, I can't even keep up with all of them anymore. And frankly, like they've gotten like the ones that I heard recently have not been very good. And I don't I don't know why. I think I think part of it is because he's just kind of like I don't know if you follow him on Snapchat at all, but like <laughs> I, every I do not, time unfortunately. he posts every time he posts on Snapchat, he's either he's he's either in his car or at his house smoking a blunt, listening to his own music. I'm pretty sure he only <laughs> listens to his own music, but maybe maybe that's just because he's trying to promote it on Snapchat that he always has it playing in the background, but I mean, like, he actually listens to a wide variety of music, and we just don't know about it, but I'm pretty sure that he, in his day-to-day life, only listens to his own music now, and as a result, like, he isn't getting these new outside influences, and so his music has kind of gotten stagnant. Like, it's pretty formulaic now if you listen to any of his recent stuff. Yeah, and he does sort of seem like somebody who doesn't listen to a lot of outside music. He seems like somebody who's, yeah, yeah he, he is his own universe. Like, you wouldn't... It'd be hard to like like imagine him even like listening to like old Lil Wayne albums or you know forget about stuff like you know the, the Chronic or, or Reasonable Doubt or anything like that. Like he definitely doesn't seem like he's beholden to the classics, but he also doesn't seem like he's really in conversation with anything else that's going out right now, aside from the the people that he helped, that he influenced himself and that he helped come up. Uh, but it, it does seem like in the last few years specifically, there has been kind of like a sea change in the critical opinion on Soldier Boy, uh, and it helps that you know. That, that you know Drake is, is sampling him for for like his his own we made it freestyle that you know Beyonce is basically singing along to turn my swag on in the most acclaimed album in 2016 like stuff like that obviously helps but you also get you know we talked about the Megan Garvey piece for MTV uh, Drew Millard wrote something great for Complex talking about how he's the the, the father of modern hip hop basically uh, and it's it's all true but it, it's all it all would have been totally unimaginable in, in 2007 it, is is it just that enough time has passed well you know what I would compare in kind of a weird way is that like if you go back and read like old issues of like old Rolling Stone and old you know Queen magazine back from like the 60s and 70s those magazines trashed like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and and, you know those magazines all hated like ABBA when they came out and then you know as time went on those those, you know those acts kind of endured and then suddenly like you go back and like I think Rolling Stone gave Nevermind three stars when it first came out, and now, of course, whenever it gets reissued or it has an anniversary, everybody talks about how it's like one of the greatest albums of all time. It's one of the most acclaimed albums of all time. It wasn't that acclaimed critically at the time. Like I think, I think any of it, it's not just Soldier Boy. Like some of these, like you know, more mainstream rappers, like like you know, even back as late as early as like 2007 or 2008, Pitchfork was giving like Ti and Young Beezy albums like eight scores of seven and eight. When you think that a publication like Pitchfork would be like, oh, we're only into like really lyrical underground hip hop, they were like recognizing that like they don't want to be the people who didn't like Led Zeppelin in 1972. When people look back on it, you know, 20 years later. So yeah, so- Soldier Boy, the Led Zeppelin of 2007. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Yeah. So uh, because it is the NFL, sorry, the NBA playoff season, and because there is, I would say, like a non-zero chance that we're about to get the first. Uh, series between the Washington Wizards and the Cleveland Cavaliers since 2008. Uh, we got to talk a little bit about the Soldier Boy, Deshaun Stevenson, LeBron James feud from, from, from 2008. Uh, now, for those who aren't Soldier Boy obsessives or aren't necessarily uh, you know, devout followers of Eastern Conference basketball, uh, this was uh, you know, this bizarre feud that kind of bubbled up in the 2008 postseason because uh, Deshaun Stevenson, who was a, was a role player for the Washington Wizards, said something disparaging about LeBron James, called him overrated, I think. And uh, LeBron yeah. f- fired back by saying, oh, that's like Jay-Z something, saying something or about 
Or sorry, it's like that's like Soldier Boy saying something bad about Jay Z, which sort of gives you a, a nice indication of where Soldier Boy was in the hip hop hierarchy at the time. Uh, what, what do you remember of this feud? What, what does it tell us about Soldier Boy? And, and what did you think of, of Soldier Boy's own response to it? Well, I mean, I thought it was great that, like, he, you know, Deshaun Stevenson then invited Soldier Boy to perform at, at halftime of one of those Cap Wizard games. Uh, but, but I mean, yeah, Soldier Boy was like, I don't care that like LeBron and, and Jay Z and whoever are saying stuff about me. I'm getting money. I'm selling records. Like Soldier Boy doesn't really care if you know the old hip hop heads respect him. He, he cares about if he's getting money, if the kids like his music, if he's getting, if he has Twitter followers, if he has YouTube hits, if he has. All this stuff, you know, Frank, I don't know if you saw, I entered the results of the uh, Big Three draft uh, a couple of days ago, but Deshaun Stevenson is actually on one of the teams of this new three-on-three league that I assume is starting, and so I'm really hoping that, like, if his, if his, if, if, the, if the Deshaun Stevenson, I think the name of it, but, like, the Deshaun Stevenson Big Three team, if they make the playoffs, like, they need to invite Soul to play yes. perform at a playoff game. Most definitely. Well, do you think we'll get to see a Soldier Boy appearance if the Cavs and Wizards meet in the conference finals? You kind of get that I old mojo back. I don't know, but here, just see, here's the thing. Now I feel like LeBron would probably say, "Oh yeah, I'm down with Soldier Boy. I've been down with Soldier Boy the whole time." Because like, like LeBron, like LeBron's whole thing is like he's always really desperate. So like, and I'm not saying this is in a, in a negative way because I'm a huge LeBron fan and supporter and stuff. But like, he's always he wants to make you know be aligned with what you know people think is cool. Like you know, you, he was like on Kendrick Lamar early. He was on Drake early. Now I feel like he's gonna even though he said whatever he said about Soldier Boy back in like 2008 when. The Cavs play the Wizards. He's probably now. If you ask him about Soldier Boy, he'd be like, "Oh, I, yeah, I've always liked Soldier Boy. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Soldier Boy. Like my kids love that. Like, like or, or whatever, whatever. Like maybe LeBron's going to be inviting Soldier Boy to perform this time." Yeah, right. I, I think even back then, uh, part of Soldier Boy's response to LeBron was saying, "Like, hey, man, like I've seen you on the internet doing that dance. Like, there's video out there. So like, don't don't try to stun on me." Uh, so if you had to come up with if you had to come up with a 2017 basketball equivalent of Soldier Boy, who would that be? Uh, JaVale, obviously. Oh, JaVale, Young okay. Or JaVale, either one. Well, I, you know, I actually, think, I actually think JaVale is really the, uh, the one, especially now that he's like on the Warriors and actually playing and he's going to, you know, probably be a contributing player on a championship team because for years and years, like, JaVale was a joke and he was just like, oh, you know, he does the, uh, yeah, he, he does the Shaq and the Fool stuff. Like he has that video of him with the Wizards running back on defense the other way, or all, all this kind of stuff. And he's just kind of a punchline around the league. But he's just kind of stuck around, stuck around, stuck around, stayed in the league somehow, just because you know the guy who's seven foot two and that athletic is never, is, you know, somebody's always going to be willing to give him a shot. And then you know now he's on the Warriors and he's actually playing real minutes. And you know everybody has to say okay, even people who like were making fun of him before have to say okay, now he's actually like a productive NBA player. Yeah, for sure. So we, we just need to wait for that, that Soldier Boy on the Warriors type moment, I guess. And I, I do have to say that it, it did my black heart good to see Deshaun Stevenson actually win a ring before LeBron James, in fact, against LeBron James as uh, one of the Dallas Mavericks in that, in that amazing 2011 finals. And I'm sure that was, that was vindication for Soldier Boy in some way, shape, or form. Have you heard Soldier Boy's song about Stephen Curry called Stephen Curry? Uh, no, does it go, you know, Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry? <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll listen to it to see what kind of subtleties I'm missing, but I'm glad I get the general gist of it. I mean, it's kind of, it was actually funny, like, after it came out last season, like, during the 73-win season, and obviously Soldier Boy is not a Stephen Curry fan. He was just like, hey, this is what the people like right now. I'm going to wear a Stephen Curry jersey in the video and do a song about Stephen Curry. And then they asked Steph Curry, like, if he 
listens to the song, and he's like, yeah, uh, he said my name a lot in the song, but it wouldn't be on my playlist. <laughs> Probably not, no. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, what, what kind of rap is Stephen Curry listening to? Do we know for a fact? Is it Bay Area stuff? I don't know. Probably. I really, I really, I really hope, like... I mean, I've, I've actually, you know, they, they actually do do a good job. Like, I've covered the last couple of finals. They've actually done a good job of, like, getting E-40 to perform at halftime, right. like, those final games in Oakland. So, like, he probably listens to, like, Max Ray and Keith Meek, stuff like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do further research into that. We'll see if we can get a Spotify playlist out of them. We'll see if Soldier Boy is on it. Uh, Sean Hyken, thank you so much for appearing on, on Coming Around Again. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm sorry that it came at the Bulls' expense, but, you know, their losses are gains. Thanks so much. And this was fun.